You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, Joshua Balta. First episode following LaMelo Ball's season-ending ankle break fracture. We learned last night that he had successfully gone through surgery. We're going to get into that and my thoughts on what is this season of the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to go in, no surprise, Charlotte Hornets' five-game winning streak comes to an end last night against the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant all of a sudden decides to show up and play for the first time in months. And, of course, it takes place in Charlotte. We'll delve into that just a little. Uh, Getting back to LaMelo's injury, what does that do for the Hornets down this final stretch of the season? Do the Hornets now have a legit shot at a bottom three record? We'll, t- we'll discuss. We'll talk about that. And then what do you want to see from this team down the stretch? Like, which players do we want to see things from in these final 18 games? Jumping right in, I decided, or I, w- I was trying to decide. I'll let you know what I decided in a minute. But I was trying to decide whether this episode should be explicit or clean. And so I was pondering because there's so many expletives that come to mind when we see LaMelo Ball non-contact injury go down, fractures his ankle, when the Hornets were finally piecing some things together for the first time all season, right? Just injury after injury, just guys gone for extended periods of time. And not, and not your JT Thors of the world. Not that I'm wishing injury on JT Thor. I'm not. But it's it's not like the team was missing JT Thor. And it's not as if the team, you know, was missing a Nick Richards or, uh, you know, any of the other young guys, Bryce McGowans or Kai Jones or, you know, Teo Maladon. No, it, and not, once again, not trying to wish injury upon those guys. I want nothing but the best for our young players here in Charlotte, but it, it it just over and over again, it was LaMelo Ball, it was Terry Rozier, it was Kelly Oubre, um, of course it was Gordon Hayward, right? It was Dennis Smith Jr. after he was having a bona fide start to the season playing defense, Cody Martin for the entire year. I mean, it's just your top seven, eight guys in the rotation just took turns constantly throughout the season, missing extended time. And then we get this again. We get just finally putting some things together, beating good teams, the Miami Heat, Minnesota Timberwolves, Atlanta Hawks, and really starting to win and piece some things together just for it to all happen again. And It not happened to, you know, once again, not wishing injury upon any of these guys, but it not happened into Gordon Hayward or 
you know, Terry Rozier missing some time or Kelly Oubre missing extended time or anything like that. But it happens to LaMelo Ball. And so expletives on top of expletives come to mind. I may have shared some of those with my friends in, you know, private conversations in the group chat, all those things, right? But on here, I have decided to go with a clean episode today, all right? Because I don't want to get into a tirade. I want to, I, I, I want to, I don't want to keep it positive spirited because I'm, I, I'm not sure that we can even do that at this point, but I am going to keep it clean. It's just, uh, just a season of poop. Just a big, long campaign of boo-boo. Uh, just crap pancakes on top of crap pancakes. You want more crap pancakes? Yeah, here they are. It, it, it it's just anything that could have gone wrong in the off season and in the season it has i mean this is an all-time hornets season it's just uh, like there's no other way to put it i mean the hype that was coming that was going into the off season it's like, oh, are the Hornets finally going to make that move? Are they finally going to add that guy? Are they going to add that guy in free agency? Are they going to make a trade? Are they going to try to move off of Hayward's money and really add somebody in here who you know has a track record of staying healthy and producing? Even if you take a little bit off of the production of Gordon Hayward when healthy, that's okay. He misses so much time that maybe, maybe we'll make that move this summer. Maybe we'll get that center this summer. You know, maybe we'll do those things, and then we all know what happened. And then now this season, just LaMelo Ball going down for the third time. And he is the he is the key cog to the Charlotte Hornets. He's what makes the engine run. He is what creates so much space and such advantageous opportunities for the other players on the team, he is that guy. I mean, you see all of the charts come come out, you know, whether it be basketball index or NBA University, and you see those 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 graphs, those charts with the NBA players' heads on it, right? Call that the floating head charts, right? And LaMelo Ball, when it comes to chances created, all right, how many points – should be expected off of what he has created for his teammates. He is at the top of the chart with the likes of LeBron James and Luka Doncic, Trey Young, each and every single time. That's the kind of player he is. He makes all of his teammates better. He makes everyone better. He makes Terry Rozier a better version of Terry Rozier. He makes Gordon Hayward a better version of Gordon Hayward. He makes... Mason Plumley, a better version of Mason Plumley while he, he was here in Charlotte. He's doing the same with Mark Williams in the limited time that we've seen those two together. He makes everyone around him a better version of themselves. And now that has been stripped away from us down these final 19 games, 18 now following last night's loss to Phoenix. But this final stretch where the Hornets seemingly on our last episode, Sam Dracula pointed out to how the Hornets – how the Hornets are in this like envious zone 
to where they don't have to just actively lose games because they're not going to be bad enough to catch Houston, San Antonio, Detroit. We'll get into that in a little bit anyways. And they're also not going to be good enough because there's too large of a gap between them and the Orlandos and the Indianas of the world, right? And so they were in this zone where they could just play to win each and every night and truly, truly develop and work on chemistry and culture and really playing together and getting these pieces to work and seeing what you want to bring back next season and what you don't want to bring back next season. And so they were in this position where the Hornets were really being able to do what they want to do, where they could go out and you could tell guys, we want to win tonight and we're going to, like, that's what we're going to chase after is a win. But then now you take LaMelo Ball out of it and that's the biggest, you know, in which way I, I was thinking, how is LaMelo's absence down this stretch going to affect this team the most? And so some would say, oh, you know, this is a blessing in disguise. He didn't tear his... Achilles, uh, nothing in his knee is shattered, you know, you know, all of that's okay. So him just missing this final stretch, get well, get right. Hornets can lose some games. Maybe they drop in the bottom three, chances increase, all those things. And I get that. Okay. I like I can see that to an extent, but the bigger thing, it just feels like the final 20 games now are you're you're not going to get a true assessment of what this team can be because LaMelo is that guy who makes everyone around him better. And so now you're not going to see that down this stretch. You are not going to be able to see Mark Williams's true potential down this stretch. Now, would we have seen all of those things come to fruition anyways? No. All right. Mark Williams isn't going to become a finished product in these final 20 games. But 20 games, or 19, that is... That's nearly a fourth of the NBA season. That is a good chunk to where these guys really could have learned to play with each other and to continue to build upon what they've been doing over the past, you know, two weeks. And being able to you know, become more comfortable with one another and have more, um, you know, team chemistry and knowing where guys are going to be and, really gelling as not not even offensively but defensively as a unit learning tendencies learning these coverages together fighting around screens through screens over under you know hedging drop coverage all of the things being in help you know all the things that go into playing basketball and so we are not going to get to see now the true version of the Charlotte Hornets moving forward because you took the engine away. You took you took the Hemi out and you replaced it with a four-cylinder. That's it'll go still. I mean, we're the Charlotte Hornets are going to play these final 18 games. They're they're going to play them, but it's not going to function at a high rate. All right. It's not going to be the best version of itself. And so that is the frustrating part. You wanted to see Mark Williams and LaMelo continue to build. You wanted to see, uh, you know, 
Bryce McGowan's playing in some of these minutes and seeing how he develops with playing with some of the bigger stars. You wanted to see, you know, this team, maybe some Kai Jones minutes, things of that nature. You wanted to see if Kelly Oubre deserves that one-year contract, you know, this this coming offseason. You wanted to see if, you know, this LaMelo Terry could work in spurts. I think we all know the answer that it cannot be the solution that LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier do not need to be sharing the floor for 25 minutes a night. I don't think that is conducive to a, you know, a winning team. But you wanted to see some of these pieces that are still in Charlotte. You wanted to see those continue to grow and to build upon what they've been. And now you're not, you're not going to be able to see those things. We're not. And um, so I, I think that's the biggest loss. It feels like these final 18 games, like, yeah, you can assess some things, but you're not going to be able to get a true assessment now because it's like the Hornets started, you know, they started taking those steps and then now it's just like, oh, here we go again, you know? And so it's, it's just frustrating. Uh, we did hear last night in the middle of the game, it was weird, like the team tweeted out, from their social media account that LaMelo had successfully, uh, you know, gone through ankle surgery. And it was mid-game. Like, Ashley Shamady is reporting it in middle of the second quarter. Uh, it, it released, like, three or four minutes after tip-off. It, like, it was, it, it was just kind of strange. It's like they tried to sneak that in there. I don't really know the reasoning behind that. That was just kind of strange. But we did hear that. Uh, so he did have surgery, um, you know, to my knowledge, apparently it takes six to eight weeks for, you know, these things to heal with it being surgery. Uh, you know, you could add some time to that, uh, but he'll be ready for the beginning of next season training camp. He should be good for all those things, but it just boo-boo pancakes, man, just boo-boo pancakes on top of boo-boo pancakes. Uh, no surprise. The Hornets. Five-game winning streak comes to an end last night in Charlotte against Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. Gosh, I can't stand Kevin Durant. So I know this is a Hornets pod, uh, you know, obviously cover or not cover, cover the Hornets and create content surrounding the Hornets, but watch other games as well and other teams, you know, keeping up with, you know, what's up to date and, you know, things – like that around the league. Kevin Durant is a top three least favorite player of mine. And he's uh, he's great. He's a great basketball player. I'm not going to dump on his basketball ability. Uh, that that would be reckless. But, man, I can't stand him. And then, like, you, you put him with Chris Paul, who's another player, who's just like, gosh, this guy's just a turd, right? Here I am. See, look, I'm keeping the expletives out. All right, keeping it clean, keeping it clean. But he's a turd. Um, and so KD, you know, going to the Warriors when they beat the Thunder, when he was on the Thunder, seven game, you had a chance to close it out. You played terrible in those last couple games. The Warriors beat you. Then you go and join them, and you make it just impossible for anybody for two seasons. And then you go to the, to the Nets. You bring Kyrie with you. You do all the things, and as soon as that goes – sideways all of a sudden you ask for a trade out of there as well and you don't just land on some other team like you land on the phoenix suns who went to the finals two years ago all right who have 
Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Like, it's just, you know, we all saw that clip from uh, Giannis on uh, The Daily Show, right? Where, Or maybe we all didn't. But Giannis is on The Daily Show, Comedy Central. It used to be with uh, Trevor Noah. Now it's with, um, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but new host, and they're going, and he says, hey, Kevin Durant, you should work out with me this summer, uh, you know, so that you can become stronger, so you can figure out how to carry your own team. And, you know, it got a lot, you know, different people were saying stuff and blah, blah, blah. Giannis was just reading off a teleprompter, and right after he said it, he started apologizing KD. He's like, no, 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 they may, like, you know, all that stuff. So whatever. But, I mean, it's true, and so, like, you face the Suns, and it's Kevin Durant hasn't played against anybody in months for the Nets or the Suns. Of course, he chooses the Hornets to play, and he just puts on a mid-range clinic. Uh, I think um, – who was it? Um, I can't even remember who it was now. Man, I'm drawing a lot of blanks uh, on here today. But – oh, Walker Mill. He said, yeah, that Kevin Durant's just automatic for mid-range tonight. He's just showing us how it's done, all the things, right? And it's true because, you know, a lot of times with mid-range, uh, you, we bring up guys like DeMar DeRozan. We bring up guys uh, like that. And that's what Kevin Durant is. It's just he can step out and hit threes, and he can finish at the rim, obviously. So he's more of that three-level scorer. But, man, he did – Efficient, 10 of 15 last night, uh, 23 points in 27 minutes. He's good. I don't like him, but he's good. Devin Booker, you like you put Devin Booker next to uh, Kevin Durant. You got Chris Paul facilitating. You got a legit big in DeAndre Ayton, who had 15 and 16 last night. Mark Williams, I mean, you know, DeAndre Ayton's really good. Uh, you don't want to see Ayton pull down. 16 rebounds, though. But, I mean, you know, rookie, still learning, all of the things, right? Um, but just, of course, the five-game winning streak comes to an end. Uh, Mark Williams, all right, some, some of the highlights of the Hornets, though. Mark Williams hit two jumpers last night, which were just – and you had multiple people. As soon as I saw it from Hornets lead account, tweeted out, boom, Mark Williams – with that, you know, hitting that mid-range from the elbow with the little drooly emoji. Oh, my goodness. That's just beautiful. That's what you want to see. Mid-game, confident. Um, I know Dan Favalli, he was on uh, Hive Hoops just a few episodes ago. Came on from Bleacher Report. He was tweeting out about uh, Mark Williams. He's saying everybody came to, you know, watch Kevin Durant, and I'm just over here enamored by Mark Williams. Yes, yeah, shout out Dan Favalli. Keep being enamored by uh, Mark Williams. We love it over here. Keep tweeting out about it. We love that coverage. Okay. And so you saw that, and he hit another one from the baseline. Just if that begins to be a part of Mark Williams's game, watch out, league. And Steve Clifford keeps iterating this. I think by next season, Mark Williams is going to be able to step out and hit some threes. So truly be that stretch five. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets have been rumored for a guy like Miles Turner year after year. It seems like we're on, like, season eight, and I think Miles Turner's only been in the league for, like, seven. 
So it seems that the Hornets may have gotten a guy like that, and that may have been why Mitch Kupchak had Mark Williams as his number one center on his draft board over Jalen Duran because we haven't really seen that from Duran that that's going to be a part of his game. And so the fact that Mark Williams may be able to add that in, that stretch five, big body, stand and reach, 9-9, being able to block shots and just anchor your defense, can switch out on the perimeter and stay in front of guards using his length, his size, his athleticism. And then also on offense, being able to be a, a, a lob threat, being able to be a threat hopefully in that short roll as well. He made a beautiful play last night. He was in the short roll. And uh, defense cut him off, uh, I'd say, eight feet from the rim right there in the center of the paint. And a double team was coming immediately because why would you not double the 7-1 guy in the short roll? And he found Kelly Oubre was wide open in the corner. He kicked it to him. Perfect basketball play. A lot of people say, hey, abuse the smaller defender there. You're 7-1. The defender on you was 6-5. Go on. But the double team was coming. All right, he couldn't put it on the floor at that point. He was a little too far to really get to the rim. He was going to have to do one of those little like push, shot put shots from about eight feet. Kick it to Kelly Oubre for the wide open three. It was beautiful. Uh, Buzzbeat put this out, uh, the the clip. So if you want to see that, uh, check out uh, Buzzbeat on Twitter. It was a beautiful play. Mark Williams really had some good moments last night. He did have some down ones as well. He's going up against good centers. I mean, that's a good thing for his play. Um, but I guess as far as his jump shot, uh, Mason Plumley walked. So Mark Williams could run, right? Right? I mean, Mason Plumley started hitting those jump shots with that left hand, and, you know, it was ugly, and he tried every once in a while. It looked really uncomfortable. But he started hitting a couple, even iced a couple games with it. And then now you got Mark Williams, you know, Mason Plumley walks, so Mark Williams could run. That's all I can say. Kelly Oubre, man, uh, 26 points last night, <laughs> came in. Kelly, um, Kelly's, Kelly's a hilarious basketball player to watch sometimes. He, he is equally frustrating at other times, but the guy's kind of hilarious. And I don't think that he gets enough credit to how hilarious he is. Um, he went nine of 24 last night, not efficient, but you know, with LaMelo ball out, somebody's got to step up, right? So 26 points, nine rebounds, one assist. That's never been a part of his game. One block, right? But Kelly Oubre is fascinating to me because he takes full advantage of guys being out injured. So he led the team by far in shots. Uh, Terry Rozier had 18 shots last night. He also was not very efficient. Seven of 18. Uh, Gordon Hayward was next with 14. He was five of 14. Once again, not efficient. And we can see right there what I spoke to earlier. LaMelo Ball makes everybody around him better. Gordon Hayward has been blazing as of late. I mean, 21 points a night, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, and his shooting splits, all of his percentages uh, from from the field, like 50, like above 50%, three-point percentage above 50%, all of the things, right? Um, 
and then LaMelo Ball goes out and we see Gordon Hayward shooting, you know, right around 35% from the field. He hasn't done that in multiple games. And so there's just another feather in LaMelo's cap of how he makes everyone better around him. But Kelly Oubre takes full advantage, getting back to him. He takes full advantage of guys being out. Like he says, oh, okay. All right. LaMelo's out. Okay. I got this. I got it. I'm going to take these shots tonight, guys. You, you just get it to me. I'm taking these shots. All right. And so we kind of saw, you know, that Kelly Oubre return. Uh, he shot 10 threes. So 10 of his 24 shots <laughs> were threes. Um, just that same play that we saw from last year. We've seen a little bit this year, too, but he's been in attack mode more. So that's good. But as soon as he catches it, he's already decided. He said, if I get this ball, it's going up. <laughs> and it does. And um, <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm still on the train. Uh, I don't want Kelly Oubre back <laughs> next year. Um, I might can be talked into it, maybe, as a guy off the bench that gives you, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes a night, maybe. Um, but that's about where that starts and ends, right? Um, I might could be talked into him being brought back on like a one-year deal. like, But that's it. It, it can't be anything more than that. But uh, So this isn't really a highlight. I, I, I don't mean to be banging on uh, Kelly Oubre too much right here. But um, he just, gosh, he sees a guy out. He, he, he scans that injury report. He said, oh, LaMelo's out. Oh, PJ's out. Okay, I got this, guys. I got this. this. This is my time to shine, right? Um, just what a guy. What a guy. Um, do the Hornets have a legit shot at a bottom three record now? Hell no. Did you see what the Detroit Pistons did last night? I am so tired. Adam Silver must do something. He has to step in because at the beginning of the season, he said, I am going to take tanking seriously. If I see – just blatant, outright tanking, I will step in. Well, it's time to step in because these three bottom teams, well, Houston can't help it, all right? Everybody keeps talking about all the talent that Houston has and all this, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Those pieces don't work. It's ugly. It doesn't matter what they do. It's not going to work. Jalen Green, like, sure, he, the guy can score. He literally does nothing else. He does nothing else, all right? Shangun looks good, but defensively, we've talked about this on this episode, or not on this episode, but on this podcast. What makes the difference between a good center and just an average center that can be rotated out year in, year out, and there's a plenty of them throughout the league, is what you offer defensively. So yeah, Shangun has an offensive game that is legit, but his defense isn't there. And so... I mean, sure, I guess. And then you got KPJ, and he's just, uh, gosh, he's just a basket case. And then you got Jabari Smith, who's just like, you don't know. He's got all the talent in the world, but then, well, not all the talent in the world, but he's got talent. And it's just like the, the things aren't, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter who plays and who doesn't, it still doesn't work. But then you got the Spurs over here who just, you don't know who's going to play on any given night. They just rotate guys. It's just bounce, 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 bounce here, there, everywhere, right? And then you got the Pistons, who was one of the teams. It's If you had to pick one of the teams from the three, 
between Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit. That would be the team that the Hornets could actually, you know, have a worse record than, in my opinion. But then you got them doing stuff like last night where they call a timeout. Jaden Ivey's throwing the ball in, calls a timeout. They don't have a timeout at the end of the game. They have a chance to either win the game, send it into overtime, call a timeout. Just egregious. And then every other night as well, on top of that, they also just – guys miraculously become healed. Jay Nivey didn't play against the Hornets. Bogdanovich didn't play against the Hornets. But all of a sudden, the Bulls, you know, are in town and they play. Just all of a sudden. Okay? Like every – it's just – Adam Silver has to do something. The Hornets have no chance of getting bottom three. No chance. Those bottom three teams straight up tanking, like they're not even hiding it. They're not They're not even hiding it at all. They just keep doing it. So, Adam Silver, you need to step in, man, because they're doing what you said that you would take serious. You're not taking it very serious, all right, if you don't step in. All right, so that's – you got to do something, man. This is just – it's blatant at this point. They didn't even get a shot off the other night. Detroit Pistons, they had a chance. Once again, to win the game, send it into overtime. They ran the clock out. They had the ball. Didn't even attempt a shot. It's blatant, man. Adam Silver, do something. Do something. Last segment, and we're out. What do, what do, what do you want to see from this team down the stretch? Now that LaMelo Ball, we've, we've discussed that, this team's going to be a shell of itself. It's not going to be functioning at the highest level that it can. So what do you want to see? I want to see Bryce McGowan's be more aggressive. That's got to be the number one thing that I really want to see because Kelly Oubre is going to get those shots up. Terry Rozier is going to get his shots up. Gordon Hayward's going to get his shots up. All right? Ho- hopefully we continue to see Mark Williams develop in the ways that he can defensively and coverages and things like that. Hopefully that continues, right? But I want to see more aggressiveness from Bryce McGowan's 15 minutes last night. He only took two shots. Okay. He had three points, two rebounds. I want to see him be more aggressive because he just received that contract extension. Okay. Four year, seven mil deal. Um, I want to see him be more aggressive and be that guy who looks to attack, looks for a shot. Uh, you know, too often times he, he does defer and I get it. He's a rookie. He's got veterans on the floor with him. It makes sense. But hopefully the coaches get, you know, in the film room and in practice and they're like, hey, man, when you're in, attack, okay? Be aggressive. Play. I want to see that. I want to see more uh, Kai Jones minutes. Immediate impact as soon as he comes off the bench last night. His defensive um, in the coverages, he just still kind of gets lost. Uh, That's the biggest thing why he's not playing and JT Thor is. I know a lot of people are clamoring, why is JT Thor getting all these minutes? It's because he knows how to play defense. All right? We heard Borrego say it last season. He's got my attention. And then now this year you have Clifford with this hella weird comment the other day um, where he's like, you see guys put up numbers in this league, but they're not very good. Well, he's the opposite of that. Okay, so he's good, but he doesn't put up numbers. I get that. All right? It was just – Really strange the way he said it. Um, But that's why JT Thor is playing right now because he does understand what to do defensively, right? 
and he's good defensively. That's why Kai Jones is not playing. All right, he can add in uh, energy, but on the defensive end, that's where his game is currently lacking. But I do want to see more Kai Jones um, down the stretch. That'll do it on this episode of Hive Hoops. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.